realize you forgot something. And you have to take it all apart, and you have to start over. It was all for nothing. You know, if you look over here, I built those uh, shelves that the books are on in the library, and there's, there's one shelf. If you open the door, you'll see that there's a board facing the wrong way. You can see the unfinished part there. And uh, it was at the very end, and I thought, no one's probably going to notice this uh, except for me, so I'm just going to leave it. But uh, sometimes, you know, you have to, though you don't want to do it, you have to take it all apart and you have to start over. All of that work, all of that time was for nothing. Now let's replace assembling a piece of furniture with living the Christian life. You know, think about Fred. Not a real person. I just made this guy up. But think about Fred. Let me describe him to you, how he lives the Christian life. Fred is at church you know, whenever the doors are open, even if there's no power in his home, uh, he makes the effort to get here to church. Uh, he gives not 10%, but 15% of his income to the church and, and to all sorts of other charities. Uh, he reads the entire Bible every year, doesn't skip over any of the genealogies, reads every single word of Leviticus. And you might look at Fred and you might think, wow, there's, a, there's an incredible Christian. That guy is, is really the model Christian. But when Fred's life is over and he stands before God, God says to Fred, it was all for nothing. How could it be all for nothing? He's, you know, done all of these amazing things. He's been so dedicated, so faithful, it seems. How could it be all for nothing? Well, 1 Corinthians 13 gives us the answer to that question. Without love, we are nothing. 1 Corinthians 13. Let's read this chapter. These are the words of the Apostle Paul to the church at Corinth, a church that lacked love or needed to improve in the area of love. The first part of the book talks about divisions in the church. Uh, chapter 14 speaks of that as well in relation to spiritual gifts. So 1 Corinthians 13, verse 1, If I speak in the tongues of men and of angels, but have not love, I am a noisy gong or a clanging cymbal. And if I have prophetic powers and understand all mysteries and all knowledge, and if I have all faith so as to remove mountains, but have not love, I am nothing. If I give away all I have, and if I deliver up my body to be burned, but have not love, I gain nothing. Love is patient and kind. Love does not envy or boast. It is not arrogant or rude. It does not insist on its own way. It is not irritable or resentful. It does not reject, or sorry, it does not rejoice at wrongdoing, but rejoices with the truth. Love bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. Love never ends. As for prophecies, they will pass away. As for tongues, they will cease. As for knowledge, it will pass away. For we know in part and we prophesy in part. But when the perfect comes, the partial will pass away. When I was a child, I spoke like a child, I thought like a child, I reasoned like a child. When I became a man, I gave up childish ways. For now we see in a mirror dimly, 
but then face to face. Now I know in part, then I shall know fully, even as I have been fully known. So now faith, hope, and love abide, these three, but the greatest of these is love. Getting a little bit of feedback up here is probably the monitors. So this chapter is about love. You might hear this, this chapter, or at least part of this chapter, read during wedding ceremonies. And I think many times we, we rip this chapter from its context. Certainly it can be applied to the love between a husband and a wife, but that's not primarily what, what Paul is talking about here in 1 Corinthians 13. He's talking about the love in a church, church members loving one another. And this love is lacking, as I said, in the church at Corinth. And so they need to be reminded of them, of that. So in the previous chapter where we were last Sunday, Paul brings up the topic of spiritual gifts. Now a gift here is an ability. You know, we talk about someone who might be a gifted person, maybe gifted musically, maybe a great violin player, violinist, or, or maybe gifted athletically, maybe a tremendous sprinter. Gifted speaks of abilities. So we have those natural abilities, but we are, when we're saved by God, created in Christ Jesus, the Holy Spirit also gives us what are called here in 1 Corinthians, spiritual gifts. So gifted in a spiritual sense, given an ability by God, and we're given this ability uh, to, to uh, serve the body of Christ, to serve one another in the church. Verse uh, 4 says, there are varieties of gifts, but the same spirit. So, so we have different abilities. We're uh, unique, shapely, uh, uniquely shaped to serve. One of those ways in which we're unique, as I said before, is uh, through the gifts that the Holy Spirit gives to us. So verse 1 tells us that Paul is, is talking about spiritual gifts. He does not want them to be uninformed. He wants them to be knowledgeable about what they are and what they're to do with them. So we're not giving these abilities to uh, impress other people by how gifted we are. Uh, we've been given spiritual gifts to, to help others. Ephesians 4 says to build up the body so that we might reach the goal of becoming like Christ as a church and as individuals. Verse 7 says to each is given, this is chapter 12, the manifestation of the Spirit for the common good. So we're being given these abilities by God for the common good. That means we're given them to, to help one another. And then at the end of chapter 12, and this is where we really get the context of chapter 13, the love chapter. At the end of chapter 12, verse 31, the end of the verse, Paul says, and I will show you a still more excellent way. Now, we need to realize that when Paul originally wrote this letter to the Corinthians, he didn't divide it into chapters like we have them here today in our Bibles. There were no chapter divisions, and sometimes those chapter divisions are a bit unfortunate. And that's the case here because 
sometimes we can just start reading chapter 13 and not realizing the connection between chapters 12 and 13. So he says, I will show you a still more excellent way. Remember, the context is the gifts, that we're the body of Christ. We are uh, members or parts of the body. We have a different function or ability, and we're to, uh, we're, we're to work together, though we're different, work together, serving one another, building up uh, the body. And then he says, after that, and I, I will show you a still more excellent way. So what is the more excellent way? Well, it's the way of love. It is using the abilities that God has given to us in love. That's the more excellent way. Uh, they were, you know, filled with pride. They were competing with one another. Uh, they wanted to impress others. But Paul says the better way, the more excellent way is to, to serve, to use the abilities to serve in love. So if we don't have love, we really miss the point of being a Christian. See this in Scripture over and over again, that the point of being a Christian, the Christian life, is all about love. You know, we can do a lot of impressive things, like that fictional Fred, or as Paul talks about here in the first three verses of chapter 13, we can do a lot of impressive things, but if we don't have love, it will be all for nothing. Look again at chapter 13, verses 1 through 3. Uh, think about how impressive uh, these things are that Paul uh, mentions. He says, If I speak in the tongues of men and of angels, but have not love, I am a noisy gong or clanging cymbal. And if I have prophetic powers and understand all mysteries and all knowledge, and if I have all faith, so as to remove mountains, but have not love, I am what? Nothing. If I give away all I have to the poor, and if I deliver my body to be burned, if I'm you know, willing to sacrifice myself, but have not love, I gain nothing. So if we were to see someone possess all of these abilities, do all of these things, have all of this knowledge, we would say that person, we'd probably say that person is, you know, the best Christian who's out there. But he says, even if you have all of that, but have not love, if you don't have love, then you're nothing, you gain nothing. Those are Paul's words as an apostle. That's not what I'm saying. That's what, what Paul said. You know, if we, we do a lot of impressive things, but if that is devoid of love, then in God's eyes, that amounts to nothing. So what he's saying here, the more excellent way, is that what we do with what God has given to us, these spiritual gifts, it must be done in love. Many times when I've put together, you know, those pieces of Ikea furniture, I've complained that the instructions were unclear. You know, you look at those diagrams and you wonder exactly what you're looking at. You know, 
Which direction does it go? Where does that part go? You know, it can be unclear. But we can't blame our lack of love on God's instructions. God is very clear. Uh, 1 Corinthians 12 and 13 are very clear that we must have love when we serve. It's not enough just to serve or even to serve in you know, incredibly looking, impressive looking ways. We must have love as the foundation for what we do. That's very clear. Now, what is love? Question that's often asked. You know, the word love can mean different things depending on the context. You can talk about loving your favorite food, you know, loving a sport, loving a hobby. But that's not really the kind of love that Paul is talking about here. The clearest expression of love is by God. And we see that in the cross. Romans 5.8, God shows his love for us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. So that's how God shows us what love is. The cross shows us what love really is. It's, it's something that is a sacrifice. It's giving. It's serving. It's often costly. Not easy. Christ died for us. So this kind of love that Paul is talking about here is, is not just a feeling. He's talking about a behavior. He's talking about actions. Gordon Fee in his commentary on 1 Corinthians writes, To love is to act. Anything short of action is not love at all. So love is not just talking about how we love or, or having a feeling, but it's putting that into action. To love is to act. You know, you look at how Paul describes love. Love is, is patient. Love is kind. You know, that involves action or maybe involves not doing things we sometimes do that we should not do, uh, things we do when we get impatient. Uh, love does not envy or boast. It is not arrogant or rude. It does not insist on its own way. It is not irritable or resentful. And so he's talking more, more than just about a feeling, having feelings, more than just saying I'm a person who, who loves Christ and loves others, but it's actually backing that up with action. To love others is to, we could say, treat others as God has treated us. Uh, scripture says this over and over again. Give you a few examples. Ephesians 5 2. Walk in love. That means to live in love as Christ loved us and gave himself up for us. So have that same kind of love, the love that Christ showed by giving himself up for us, which is speaking about dying for us. 1 Thessalonians 4 verse 9. Concerning brotherly love, you have no need for anyone to write to you. For you yourselves have been taught by God to love one another. God has really taught us by example to love one another. Again, it's the cross. John 13, 34 and 35. This is, these are the words of Jesus. Just as I have loved you, you also are to love one another. 
By this, all people will know that you are my disciples, my followers, if you have love for one another. So, speaking of other followers of Christ, how, how, how can people uh, outside the church know that we truly are followers of Jesus? Well, he says it's our love for one another. And so we're to treat others as God has treated us. As just as I have loved you, you also are to love one another. So we see that in Jesus, the greatest example of love. You know, it's been said that you could insert the name Jesus in 1 Corinthians 13, verse 4, and first next few verses uh, instead of the word love. So Jesus is patient and kind. Jesus does not envy or boast. Jesus is not arrogant or rude. Jesus does not insist on his own way. Jesus is not irritable or resentful. You know, he's the perfect uh, personification of love. Now put yourself in there instead of love. Uh, Can you read those words, you know, I'm convicted as I read that. Jonathan is patient. Well, I know I struggle many times with patience. Kind. Love does not, Jonathan does not envy or boast. You know, you go through that and you you see that you're falling short, or at least I am, uh, so often. It's a struggle to have that kind of love that, that Jesus showed us, that took him to the cross, ultimately. The kind of love that, that, that Paul talks about here that, that we're to have in serving. You know, we don't measure up many times. And so it's a reminder that, that this is what the, the Christian life is, is all about. It's about love, serving out of love. The Christian life is not just about serving, not just about preaching, it's not just about leading a class, it's not just about uh, prayer, it's not just about attending church or giving. Uh, It's doing those things in love. So all of those things, Paul says, are nothing if we don't have love behind them. In Ephesians 2, we saw that how how we're saved, not saved by works, but we're saved for works. You know, know, how do we truly know that we're saved? You know, when we put our faith in Christ, when we make a profession of faith, we... You know, we don't get a card like a driver's license that says that we're saved. You know, a certificate of, of salvation or something like that. Uh, so, so how can we know that we're saved? You know, Christians can sometimes, you know, struggle with that, can fear. You know, how do I know that I'm, I'm truly a child of God, that I've been saved, forgiven of my sin? How do I know that I'll go to heaven? You know, how do I, how do I really know for sure that I'm created in Christ Jesus? that I have the Holy Spirit within me. Well, Galatians 5.22 says that the fruit of the Spirit is love. Love is mentioned first. There's a few other virtues, but love is mentioned first. The fruit of the Spirit, what the Spirit produces in our lives is love. So the Holy Spirit has been given to us to produce love in our lives. And so the presence of love in our lives is evidence of the presence of the Holy Spirit in our hearts. If we have the Holy Spirit, then we are saved people. We have eternal life. And so our love 
can be a measure of whether or not we truly are saved. I know we struggle with love and we're not perfect, but do we have a love for Christ? Do we have a love for others? If we're serving, are we doing that out of love? Maybe we're not serving. Maybe we need to serve out of love. Love should be the reason why we obey God's will. And so there are things that we can do here at Forest Hills, thinking about serving within the body of Christ, ways we can serve, ways we can serve in love. Coming to a small group and participating in the group. You might not think that's service, but you're giving of your time. Uh, If you're participating in the group, then you're uh, you know, praying for one another, hopefully encouraging one another. Maybe you'll get an opportunity to, to, to lead uh, the group, and that might be a way to develop a, a gift that you don't even know that you have. And so last week I talked about just, just starting to serve in different areas, get involved in different things. You know, I can remember when I was, when I was younger, uh, early 20s, uh, when I preached my, my, uh, one of my first sermons, uh, I think it was uh, like a young adults service on a Sunday evening at our church, and uh, I was the one who preached the sermon. I think it was just like 12 minutes long. Uh, probably, you know, people enjoyed that, only 12 minutes, but uh, uh, it was a struggle for me just to get 12 minutes of content back then. And, uh, you know, I probably wondered, well, you know, what did, you know, was that even any good? Uh, should I stop? Should I quit? But there were, you know, a couple of people I remember coming up to me afterwards, and maybe they were exaggerating a little bit, uh, but they talked about how, you know, you should continue on with this. I I feel you're gifted in that area. And it was just a 12-minute sermon, and it probably wasn't very good, to be honest, Uh, but they saw a little bit in that 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 I should continue on uh, doing that. So, uh, maybe you don't even know you have a, a gift in an area, that you have a spiritual gift. Maybe you don't know because you've never stepped out in faith and, and, and tried something. Uh, so, so maybe you, you try and maybe it doesn't work out, but you know, eventually if you're serving and, and involved in the life of the church, you will find areas of strengths and ways that God can use you. But remember, we must be doing this in love. So don't miss what the Christian life is all about. What is it all about? It is serving others in love. Love first for Christ and also love for one another.